Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society Podcast. I am your host, Chet Czar. You might have just heard a car go by. That's because I'm uh, trying this new setup in my studio. Recording the podcast in the in my uh, painting studio. So, we'll see how it goes. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep doing this in here. Uh, I did a kind of a test run with Gabe today and uh, Gabe Leonard he's the this week's guest he's our uh, friend of the show Gabe Leonard uh, he's easy to talk to and we chit chat all the time and uh, so I thought let's have Gabe on do an easy one test out this new setup so uh, had a good conversation uh, the theme sort of was um, or is you'll be hearing uh getting out of your comfort zone getting outside of your comfort zone and um yeah went in a lot of different directions a lot of nft talk a lot of blockchain talk a lot of uh youtube talk and multiple income streams talk artist strategies things like that so it was it's a pretty loose episode but super fun conversation i always enjoyed talking to gabe and uh you know, testing out this this new backdrop. We'll see how it goes, uh, because as you may know, I am planning on p- releasing these this podcast on YouTube as a series of videos. So um, I'm recording video now, and at this point, at this time, if you are a subscriber to the Dark Art Society Patreon, then you can see the videos, and no one else can uh, until we get enough. I'm going to release, I think, once we get them all turned in, all the episodes turned into videos, we're going to uh, release them like twice a week until we're up to where we are now, which is like 200 and something. I don't even know what episode we're on. Um, So, yeah, that's been going on. Kind of exciting. Um, Oh, yeah, if you want to join, go to patreon.com slash darkartsociety and you can join for a dollar and get in on the... uh, facebook group and be a part of the community and support the channel so uh i've been what have i been doing this week i've been doing um dealing with you know a lot of video testing um getting these mystery boxes together i had this uh, i do this thing called a mystery box where you know people order my uh off my website and i put all kinds of different things, signed brushes, stickers, sketches, all these random things, but you don't know what you're going to get. And people seem to love this idea because we just, I posted a bunch of them on Black Friday and they sold out in a couple hours. And uh, so we had we were like, oh, man, all these people were hitting me up asking um, if there was going to be more because they missed out. And I didn't think they were going to sell that fast. I really didn't. I thought this would carry us through the holidays um it was like 60 55 box 60 i don't remember how many boxes it was like 60 50 55 60 i think it was 65 boxes and uh yeah so we had a little meeting here and uh, figured out how we can make some more so i just put another 
what was it, 15, 25, 30, 30 more on sale. Again, they just sold right out in an hour or two hours or something. It was just crazy, crazy, totally unexpected, really great. I mean, amazing. But wow. So anyway, <laughs> I've been dealing with creating uh, stuff for the mystery boxes and just getting that together. Uh, this is the busy time of the year for me as far as sales, web sales and stuff. So trying to deal with that mainly, um, catching, still working on commission work and all the other stuff I'm trying to get caught up on. Still no word on the book. It's, you know, I don't know when it's going to be here. So I haven't heard, I'm supposed to get a notification when it gets loaded onto the ship to come over. So, uh, haven't gotten that email yet. But I will let you know when that happens. So anyway, let's get on with the new subscribers. We have two new subscribers this month. I think we left off with C. I, I think I pronounced the name wrong. Cy Griffiths. S-I. That was from last week. I said C. Griffiths. It just was not. Maybe that is right. I don't know. Cy Griffiths or C. Griffiths. I think it's Cy Griffiths. Anyway. Uh, we've got a new subscriber, Mad Morph. Thank you for subscribing and supporting this podcast. And Sarah Galbraith, thank you for supporting. Uh, hit 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 us up on uh, Dark Art Society uh, Facebook. Type in Dark Art Society Cooperative, and we'll let you in the group. Okay, I think that's it. Uh, anyway. Anybody that watches this video, you know, most people will be listening to this, but for you people on Patreon that are, are watching this video, let me know what you think about the video version of the podcast. Um, I don't know. Is this background too busy? Do I need colored lights like everybody does on YouTube? Do I need a darker background? I don't know. I think it looks pretty good. It's more interesting than the uh, what Gabe called the hostage curtain I have in my office where I've been doing my podcast. Um the first few video podcasts looks like I'm in a hostage video. Um, I don't know though. I've got garbage trucks. I'm right near the road here. So I don't know if it's a good idea to do this, the interviews in here. It's at the front of the house. So maybe I'll do the intro in here cause it looks kind of cool. And then maybe I'll do the interview in the office where there's less noise in front of the curtain. Who knows? We'll see. It's all, you know, it's all new. Anyway, that's it. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Here we go with Gabe Leonard once again. All right. Thanks. No, you have some theme music you want to play? No. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Gabe? Hey, Chet. Did you hear that recording? In, I still can't get used to that. Now that I'm doing Zoom, it says recording in, in progress. Did you hear that? Yeah, it asked me to confirm. Like, oh, okay. you know, basically, I just had to sign my soul over to uh, the devil, which is he's live streaming probably later today about three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so we might gotta make sure we're done before the double live stream right that's wanna, true that's don't want to miss his podcast yeah yeah 
He's great. He gives us a bunch of run around and we're talking about the uh invest answers on YouTube. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's great. He's great, but uh yeah, we he have is run, the devil. If we have so. a running joke that he's the devil. But uh <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, just so people know that we're kind of going uh loose fast and loose today but um i want to try out this new camera setup in my studio i may go back to go <clears throat> with the uh hostage looking setting like you were saying <laughs> in my in my no, office this looks pretty good i think it looks good with the studio in the background i'm just not sure how it's going to record i don't know if there's any issues you know well, i'm on a pc recording this so i just thought it'd be cool to yeah, <clears throat> try one out if anything, I'd say your background is a little busy. So if you maybe had less light on the background and you know, okay. I'll like to this? focus more on you. How about this? Okay. Okay. Is that enough light on my face though? Well, you, you look like you're in a dungeon now. <laughs> it might <laughs> so, be a little more appropriate. Yeah. You'd have to set up the lighting, I think, but it works. It works for now. And I was also thinking if I got a, I think, well, if I put my telephoto lens on, I can blur the background yeah, out more. You, yeah, you could do a depth of field that would blur that in the background. That might work. But I think it's busy, but it's uh, interesting. I, I sit up my close to the camera here. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just have like one big painting I have on my easel back here. I can On that fancy ass easel. The most yeah. amazing easel ever. Fancy ass easel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so jealous of that easel. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get the Mark Carter easel because it's like, I don't really have the space for the easel that you have there, but the Mark Carter one is uh, that really expensive easel he has. I want to get because it's got more. I could, it doesn't matter. It's not what we're talking about. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, I'm transitioning. I'm trying to transition this podcast into a YouTube podcast and um, good idea. Yeah. Cause I've got uh, two over 200 episodes so I can yeah drop them at a certain time every week. And I think build a, build a channel up. And uh, so anyway, yeah. So what I was thinking, okay. What I was thinking originally Gabe's like my recurring guest, we always are bullshitting constantly on text and um cracking jokes talking about what we're working on and um we seem to be always <clears throat> gabe and i have this weird thing to where our, our art paths careers are parallel like we always have our solo shows on the like almost the same day every year and it's yeah. not like waiver planet and we and it's a lot of times we're doing something similar something different but really similar like a new thing or something. It's or... like matter and antimatter. <laughs> <laughs> if we're seeing in the same place twice, we disappear. <laughs> and uh, together. And uh, right now we're both going through um, uh, some changes, like trying new things and, and getting outside of our comfort zone. So I just thought maybe, you know, that might be a good, a good subject to tackle because we're both doing things that are, new and uncomfortable and we don't know what the fuck we're doing yeah well that's you know <laughs> the mod mode of operation generally like, <laughs> but but it seems like, like i have this theory like you have to get out before you're pushed out and so there's always um things are are changing all the time uh the economy is changing the environment's changing technology is changing all this stuff and i guess you 
can just stay stuck of what doing what you're doing. But I've, I've seen that when I've tried to adopt onto early changes of like, even with printers and printing, mm-hmm. I would, I, I would invest into that stuff, even if it was new and then be on top of it. And that helped me to stay ahead of the curve on a lot of things. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. You were definitely early on the printing thing. You're the one who got me into canvas clays. <clears throat> yeah. And then when social media came out, trying to use that as a tool to help promote and sell the art and distribute it and, and websites. Like I remember when I first started, like I didn't have a computer. You know? like, really? I was out, yeah. I was out in the street hustling and trying to sell color copies from Kinko's and <laughs> people were asking me about a website and I'm like a web what? <laughs> like I go to the library to get on the internet. Like I don't have a website. Wow. <laughs> so you were getting on the, I'm going to turn my light back up. I didn't have access to any of that. Yeah. That's like, amazing. People were asking me about like, you know, how can I email you? I'm like, I don't know. And so one of the first things I did was I got a, I got a computer. I had, to, I got a loan from Apple. I don't know why they, they gave me a loan to buy one of their computers. <laughs> I got that and a scanner and a printer. And I was able to get an email address, which I now need to get into my register.com account for my website. And I don't have that email address. And so I'm locked out of it. So, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to send over like, you know, a sacrificial lamb or something to get into that. Like right. prove them not Osama bin Laden. I don't know. So anyway. <laughs> so the first thing I did was I went to like Barnes and Nobles, which I could walk to. And I re- re- started reading a, a HTML for dummies. And wow. I started reading that book. And then I would remember as much as I could, cause I couldn't afford to buy the book and I'd walk home and I, would, I got a free Yahoo <laughs> GeoCities website. Holy shit. And I started coding a, a page for my website. <coughs> and um, I would, <clears throat> that's what I started giving out as my first website address. Wow. An email. And I, I was giving out my phone number to everybody back then too. It was like, you know, cause I had, I didn't have a cell phone, but I had a like a home line. Right. You know, like now it's weird. Like now your cell phone's like, eh, I don't know. Here's my Instagram. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need my phone number. I don't answer the phone. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, that's, that's, you know, it's funny because now we both find ourselves. Yeah. And I've, I have been in the same boat as well, especially when it came to printing. I bought so much shit. It's like I got, I think you, no, I was using the R Epson R. 1800 or something which is like a, a a consumer level printer that printed 13 by 19 i think yeah. and so they kept breaking i have to keep buying them because they weren't pro level and then i bought your um uh uh what was that one the epson uh 4800 or something yeah the 4800 which is like people those are coveted now mine finally died yeah um but they're good, they're, they're, good printers <clears throat> people buy them and repair them because they're so good but I, well, I had, up, before that I had an Epson 1270s and 1280s and they were like, you get them at comp USA. In fact, when I bought it, right, yeah, same. because I had, a, I, at first I could only make 11, eight and a half by 11 inch prints. That's the printer I had. People were like, oh, they want, they want a bigger prints. And, and so I didn't have any money. So I, I had just enough money on a credit card to max it out at comp USA and buy a big <laughs> printer. <laughs> okay. print That's where I used to get mine at comp USA also. And, but the thing was, is like those cartridges would run out like, and it was like 28, 30 bucks, 40 bucks to get a cartridge. Yep. And I started doing some research online and I found that I, you could get it what's called a continuous ink flow system. And yeah. it was this custom system that was like a cartridge that had these tubes going out 
and it would go into reservoirs of ink, which you could buy in bulk. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I remember when you were doing that and I was like, it's like, I, I always say, I always say to Gabe, you're always like about two years ahead of me on everything is like, cause I remember you were doing that. And then I started looking into it and I almost went to the continuous ink system. And by the time I was thinking about actually doing it, you had already kind of gotten out of it. So it's like, cause it's, yeah, it's, it's got its it, own it, set of problems. It, it was great for cutting down my expenses on, <clears throat> I was making a lot of those smaller prints mm -hmm. and the ink. The quality was good. It matched the, the original Epson inks. But when you did that, it voided the warranty on the printer. So if right. you the printer, you're screwed. But I learned how to repair the printer, how to reset the ink. You know, there's things you had to do to like for the east to waste maintenance pads. Mm -hmm. They were built in and you have to take it to a repair shop and they'd reset. But I, I found a website called fixyourownprinter.com. <laughs> I read about how to fix that thing. And I, I had one continuous ink flow system that got a little pinhole leak in one of the tubes and sort of leaking ink everywhere. And oh my I, to, God. I took some silicone and plugged it up. And <laughs> I was, I, I was always MacGyvering those things to make them keep working. Yeah. That's what you got to do. And then when I got in a, and I, when I got the big uh, professional printers, like the Epson, I think the first one I got was the Epson, like 7,500 or something or 77. And it would, it could print 24 inches wide on rolls of paper. Mm -hmm. And I, and I set up and I got continuous ink uh, cartridges for those are like refillable cartridges, which I could put pour ink into mm -hmm. because the ink would, a lot of the ink would get wasted. <laughs> it would have you refill, replace the cartridge and there's still plenty of ink in the cartridge. So that you oh, yeah, I remember I got, I, I got one of those reached re chip resetters for the ink cartridges. Yeah, I had all those, <laughs> but, uh, and, and then I bought a used like 9,600, which was even bigger. It could print up to 44 inches wide. I had the same setup with that. But then I upgraded to like the, a brand new big printer, which was like the Epson 9, uh, 9,700 or 9,800 or something like that. And I, at that point, I decided that I would just use the, the, the original Epson inks because it was a brand new printer. I didn't want to avoid the warranty. And I, I calculated the, you know, it, it cost me more money to use the Epson inks. But I got coupling. I knew exactly what I was getting. Right. The inks. I didn't void the warranty on the printer. I didn't have the hassle of having to fix or maintenance. The, like the, it solved a lot of issues, and the mm -hmm. extra cost on the print was acceptable. I just made, you know, less profit on with the ink. Right, right. <laughs> and I haven't fooled with continuous ink flow systems since then. I, I use the the original manufacturer's ink that comes with it, and then I don't have to deal with sourcing yeah. third-party stuff and that's what i ended up doing too except for my uh cheap little regular printer i buy the cheap inks from, from yeah. inkjet.com i think yeah it's if you're doing it, yeah if i'm like i have a laser printer for printing out invoices and shipping oh, what kind, you got to tell me what kind of laser printer you got because i've been looking it's for the laser cheap, uh, from one of the office supply stores i got two i got one that i'd use to print out my certificates just like that's what i need black and white and then i have a Another one that's a color that I don't ever use the color on. I just use that to print shipping okay. labels. So, All right. I'll, I'll, what's the, you don't know the, I'll, I'll get the model for It's a brother. Well, I don't remember what model. There's so is. many models, man. I've been, I was looking and it's just like, there's 50 different types of laser printers. And I'm just like, I, you know, I, I got a subscription to consumerreports.com. So I always <laughs> check everything first. And there's just, it's just like, I don't much. want, I don't want this many choices. The, the I don't like to go to the I grocery store. Do I don't want choices. Printer, get a printer with two trays that you can have two different types of paper in. So if you're printing one on right. like one, the certificates are always like this A5 size. It was so small mm -hmm. and all the shipping labels are on eight and a half by 11. 
And so if you're going to do two, two sizes, you can just print from one tray or the other, to right. one printer, but I have just two printers, it but those, those are low maintenance and don't cause me too many problems really. Well, okay. So anyway, to, 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 to bring it back into uh, our topic kind of, um, but we, we've been going through the uh, discomfort zone uh, late, <laughs> lately. Uh, and we're both trying to learn some new things and um, you know, we're both trying to get into the, to, to get NFTs going and, and try that out. And um, Josh Breckenridge is a friend of ours, really great dude. He's got a band called with our arms to the sun is an amazing band. Um, they played with tool before they're really, really great. He's a really great engineer, really talented musician. And anyway, he's kind of been helping us. We've been doing these Zoom calls and he's been helping us set up our uh, profiles on foundation. And, you know, Gabe just minted his first one last night. And and uh, what the other, but the other thing before we get talking about it, the other thing is um, I'm trying to get my YouTube channel going. You know, and I, I keep looking at your channel too. And it's like, we have so much content. It's like, we just need to, we need to like do, do it right somehow. And it will bring yeah. in money. You know? <clears throat> so, so we're, it's like Gabe and I are kind of not plan in a planned way. We're both like looking into these new revenue streams because, you know, when you're an independent artist, you got to look for multiple revenue streams. And, and especially as technology changes and as the times change, you kind of kind of, you, you sort of have to keep up with that. And um, as yeah, frustrating although, as I'm kind of excited <clears throat> about it, actually, even though it's uncomfortable, it's still, it's also kind of like got me thinking like I could do so many cool things with videos and there's just a lot of cool shit to do. Yeah. A lot of this comes down to figuring out where to prioritize your energy. I know. Right. Too. And, you know, I, we've, I felt the same way about, you know, social media in the past with Facebook and Instagram and I hustled and hustled and hustled to try to, be on top of that and put out content and be, be present in those spaces <clears throat> only to find that it, 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 it matters somewhat, but it's not hugely important Ma mainly because I think those platforms and social media in general has just gotten to the point where it's basically for people sitting on their toilet, to give them something to thumb through, or they're trying to fall asleep at night. They're just like scrolling through stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and I don't really care about that crowd. So I've kind of taken the track of putting things out. I, I, I'm available on those platforms, but I only put out stuff when it's something important to say or, or just randomly. And then I try to focus my energy onto a smaller, more select group of people that are really interested in what I'm doing. Absolutely. And that might only be a few hundred people. Right. But why, you know, my, I guess my point is like, I, I would rather the more time that I spend focusing on running a YouTube channel, creating content, posting, responding to comments is time. I'm not working on my paintings. <laughs> I know, I know, but that's, that's the, that's the rub, you know, that's the crazy difficult thing is that you get to this point, especially when you're at a point where you've established yourself as an artist, you know, you're selling, yeah. this is how you make your living. And in order to keep up with kind of the new technology and just trying to um, stay current on things, you have to learn these new technologies. And that takes away from your painting time, which is 
you know, I don't have a problem with it right now because I just almost killed myself painting for the chaos show. And I'm just like, I don't want to paint. I had to do this. I had to do this uh, Zorn palette tutorial the other day. And I was just like, Oh, I don't want to paint. It's, you know, cause I just, I just, I got painters burnout cause it just was like so painful yeah. at the end. I'm going and through that too. Of course it'll go away and I'll be like, Oh man, I can't wait to sit down and paint. But right now it's like, it's a good time for me to kind of focus on something else. Cause um, it's, I don't know. I get kind of excited about trying something new, you know, the potential of it, the potential yeah. of these things like NFTs or, you know, getting a, a, a six, success on youtube it's the potential i see it as like it's it's just another way of cultivating a collector base and you know driving people to buy your stuff or driving for my case driving people to my patreon yeah or you can monetize your videos and make money that way and so it's like i'm kind of excited about um trying that out at the same time you know you you go on there and you put you, you're used to having like a bunch of responses to stuff on Instagram when you post and you know, hundreds of comments or hundreds of likes and stuff. And then yeah. you post something on YouTube and you're like going, Oh, I got, I got four new likes today. I'm like, I got four new views of my I video. 87 views this week on this video. Like, it's I'm more no. you, like, it's, it's, <laughs> if you get your mind out of the, the quantity of engagement, yeah, absolutely and focus on the quality. Like you, you don't really like need 10,000 people casually yeah absolutely you know in casually being you know impressed with what you're doing yeah um 100 so it's like the way i liken it to is like when i was on the boardwalk there was like 10 20,000 people walking by in a day and i only needed like 10 or 15 of those people to come by and buy something you know and out of you know so i'd have it maybe two or three hundred stop by and look and then 10, 15 people buy something. So those 10 or 15 people is where you want to focus your energy. I wasn't out in front of the crowd spinning a sign, pointing to my artwork and trying to <laughs> that might have That might've been a good idea to do sign spinner for your well, art. It, that's a lot of wasted energy. So as a joke, I, I would, it's easier to sell. It's easier to close a sale on somebody who's selecting themselves out of a crowd and showing. Yeah. And so like, that's kind of the approach I've taken to social media is that I'm putting it out there. I don't always do it on a regular basis. Like if you're always around people, you're it's like, there's too much of you in circulation. They just don't care anymore. So when you post less frequently, people are like, Oh, you need to have something more interesting to post when you post like, right. And people yeah. are more likely to pay attention be interested in it. Quality over and, quantity, you know, that's and then over out of those about. people, you know, that are interested and engage with it. A few of those are going to dig a little deeper, maybe. Mm-hmm. But you know, like how much energy are you going to spend dancing and 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 spinning that sign in front of people? <laughs> and when you know, like, so like, I don't, not only that, but when I was out there selling my artwork, I wasn't out there making paintings. So I'd spend all right. this time. And the whole point of me getting out of doing the, not only in Venice but festivals was to have more time to do these um, to, to work on paintings. And here I find myself spending all this time still trying to like from my computer get in front of people even though i have galleries that are supposed to be doing a lot of this stuff too well that's one of the that's so funny that josh josh keeps texting both of us yeah and so i can hear it ding on your end and then i get a, a text coming on my phone <laughs> um uh what was i gonna say that uh 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 i forgot i forgot um 
I lost it. I lost what I was going to say. Shit. Uh, she's gone over the horizon. <laughs> she's not coming back. <laughs> uh, okay. I'll have to. So, well, anyways, we're start. doing this. <laughs> We've been. So the NFT stuff came out with cryptocurrency. I mean, cryptocurrency has been around for a while. When it blew up, like Bitcoin blew up in 2017, I, I bought some of it and then went down. I sold it. Like, screw this. This is stupid. And then I kind of just out of sight, out of mind until earlier this year. And I didn't realize I had like a couple hundred dollars stolen Bitcoin and it turned into like 1300 bucks. I'm like, Oh, what is this? What's going And, and then the NFT started coming out and there has been, there was just a lot of like polarization around it. Like, first of all, like, what is it? It's stupid. It's using a huge amount of energy. You're ruining the environment and a lot of negativity and confusion swirling around it. Um, But during the pandemic, I did a couple other things too. I, I, I started getting into 3D modeling by learning. That's how to the use other it. thing. That's the other thing you've been doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm using Blender, which is like basically going to uh, JPL and starting a job <laughs> without having a degree. <laughs> you know, I, like, I might as well be a rocket scientist. Like that's, and then uh, doing that, basically trying to learn how to create visual references for some paintings I wanted to do. Which you know, at the time I couldn't go out and obtain those in person. It's like I need a way to see and light things. So I learned no, that's interesting. that. Mm. Then I got an Oculus virtual reality goggles. And then I started being able to like, you can create 3D things in the Oculus and the virtual reality aspect was kind of mind blowing. I was like, man, this is crazy. I can see this becoming a huge part of what's going on in the future. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so what I've been seeing is all of this in the technology side of things converging into, you know, like even with Facebook turn, t- turning into meta, there's all this focus on creating uh, a new dynamic in which to operate and, and communicate with people and connect with people. And it's going to be in a virtual reality space. <clears throat> and this blockchain technology, which right now is mostly the hype is about trading coins and NFTs and stuff. Well, that's going to be a way of establishing protocols and, and uh, legitimize these virtual reality spaces. So you can have some sort of stake and ownership in some of these spaces. And it's kind of confusing, but I see all these things converging. And as creative people, it's like, this is a great opportunity possibly to be on in from the beginning and right. grow with this stuff. And so, uh, so when people start adapting it more mainstream, more widely adopted, you're already there. Right. something to interact with you're starting to build stuff in this in, in these environments so right now it's just a bunch of you know kind of platform building and speculation and a lot of craziness going on but there's there's i can see it going forward there's a lot of great usefulness for these technologies yeah and it just seems like where the future is going like like i remember a few years ago when tesla was starting to rise up and i was like I saw Elon talk, Elon must talk about his cars. And I could just see that it was more than cars. It was battery technology and, and reusable energy. And even though it's not perfect now, and there's lots of flaws going there and there's lots of, you know, there's still lots of environmental issues with batteries and, and lithium and all that stuff. That is where things are headed. And right. a lot of these problems and concerns <laughs> revolving around the sustainability of it, the, 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 the ability for it to actually work it's not going to work right out of the box. It starts somewhere and grows and builds. And as the demand grows, it puts pressure on things to become more efficient, more sustainable. Yep. 
so I see where that's going. And so, so that's what I, like I said, I'm going to, my IRA, I bought a bunch of Teslas. Like, I just see that this is where the future is going. And yep, that yep. was a correct bet. Yeah. You know, it, it was like a speculation, but it was a speculation that built on, built on some sort of like imagination of where things might be headed. Right. And I remember like in late February of 2020, when the coronavirus was coming out, <clears throat> I was sitting with my girlfriend watching the news and they were talking about it in China and different places. And then the news came out that it was uh, uh, like a 14, up to a 14 day in, uh, period of, before you became symptomatic mm-hmm. after infection and you could be contagious before you were symptomatic. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, this shit's going to get everywhere. There's no, yep. they're not going to go. And so I went to the grocery store and started buying all kinds of canned food because I was like, we're both going to get it. We're both going to be sick for a couple of weeks and we're going to need to both have some food to eat for a couple of weeks. Right. And I felt stupid walking to the grocery store, loading up on canned food and, things. <laughs> and everybody was like, looking at me kind of weird. And then, and then like three weeks later, we were in total lockdown. Yeah. You're ahead of the curve there. Well, it's, it's sometimes you can see you, you get some information and you, it's just a matter of putting two and two together. And, yeah. you know, I could have been wrong about coronavirus and that, but what's the worst case scenario? I have too much canned yep. food, <laughs> like, whatever, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, so the worst case scenario for a lot of this is that you wasted your time, you know, um, that's kind of how I see it. Like, I'm not, I don't necessarily, I don't jump hundred percent into anything right off the bat, but the only way to really learn about it is to start getting involved with it mm-hmm. and start kind of getting, getting in the mix. And so yeah. like, like for this last year, we've been learning about cryptocurrency by basically, you know, investing a little bit of money into some of these coins and tokens and then listening and f- finding people that are talking about it and they're talking about it yeah, yeah. <laughs> the few the, the two or three that aren't total idiots yeah you got to filter through a bunch of garbage and figure out what's just nonsense and it's it's really hard to find good information and be able to determine if the information you're getting is from somebody who's credible and that they're reliable and it's not yeah. just you know puffery it's not like just somebody with laser eyes on a youtube video like pointing to his arrow going up and like yeah. this is gonna crash everyone must see this like all this <laughs> stupid nonsense click bait click on their video Bullshit. Yeah. yeah i just i mean the thing that interested me about that was once i you know i everybody the the the, the thing I, I i hear a lot is people don't get nfts or crypto or blockchain and there's usually a moment where it clicks in their head and they go oh i see the poten- i see where this is going and you have that moment. I know I had that moment with block, just blockchain technology. Take NFTs, take cryptocurrency out of the equation. The technology, it's like, oh, I see every everything really. There's no reason why everything won't go onto the blockchain because it's just a better way of doing things. It's like, you know, it's so, uh, it's transparent. It's like efficient. And, and it's one of those things that it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's decentralized. It's got, you know, which, you know, in some cases, that's the one thing that's got me. I'm not so worried about the environmental stuff because, you know, like I was saying before, you got to, you got to break a couple eggs to make an omelet type thing. It's like, yeah. you know, uh, uh, 
Bitcoin is already being mined and major, uh, over 50% <clears throat> renewable sources. And there's all these other uh, cryptocurrencies that are using <coughs> environmentally sound um, well, there's a, there's a technologies lot of- and stuff. But, but uh, uh, um, it's like the, the, the idea that it's potentially going to overthrow this fucking horrible banking system, which is going to totally, you know, the banking banking current banking system gonna, uses so much it. yeah but it's, so, it's also so bad for the environment it's like the whole banking system is horrible for the environment and everybody's using that right now so it's like kind of like you have to think more in the long term environmentally maybe yeah well so the way that i think about it is that it's being dematerialized in the sense like now you can carry every book you've ever read in the palm of your hand right. along with every cd that you've ever owned a yep. piece of music and what that does is it means that they don't have to chop down trees to print books. They don't have to produce more plastic for CDs and cases and yep. printing materials, like all that stuff that w- is going into the environment and causing problems is now vanished. And now you have the environmental impact of creating phones. Right. And so is that a lot of an energy long run? Yeah. energy to run computers and stuff. Yeah. And with banking, you're going to get rid of the, the, the amount of buildings that need to be, the whole offices and people printing paper and sheets and reports like there's been there's a huge shift in the way that we're using the material in the world and and mm-hmm. uh, there's also a lot of pressure and demand on um from what i i can see uh for blockchain technology to be way more energy efficient and and that's where it's headed yep um because everybody wants that it's like who doesn't want yeah everybody wants the environment to be saved whether they you know openly say it or not it's stupid to not want to have yeah. a clean environment you know yeah but in the meantime we're all on the titanic i'm not the captain and am i not supposed to learn how to swim <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> <laughs> right yeah exactly exactly you know yeah yeah we're we're it's we're such a weird place in in existence where it's such a weird time so i can tell you the question <laughs> the, the 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 uh sort of things that i'm mulling over in my head is am i deceiving myself because i want to do this regardless of what impact it might have and so you know i've dipped my toes in minting the first three nfts to see and and what that's done for me you know if you set aside the energy use and environmental impact of it is it's allowed me to see how this operates. I, I already, just by doing that, can see way more potential than I could really understand just mm-hmm. thinking about it and trying to read about it. Because now I see the implications of it, being able to um, have collaborators automatically paid through a contract that self-executes. That's, that's right. just amazing. Like, so imagine that if you're an artist and you're dealing with you know, clients and commissions or other things, and you're, you don't have to chase the money. You don't right. have to, you know, say, when am I getting paid? It happens automatically. Yeah. That sort of thing. Um, you could sell anything. You, like one of the first things I thought about using crypto, like a NFT uh, technology for is, you know, because I, 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 it's certificates of authenticity. I produce those for all of my prints that I issue out and they're on paper and people lose them. And I, they asked me to reissue them and, you know, it's one thing that could be turned over to a blockchain technology where it's basically encrypted. You 
if you lose it, there's no getting it back. So, you know, it's, yeah. not, like, it's not like a piece of paper to lose. It helps to, it helps to certify the ownership in case of insurance needs. Like, so if you had your house burned down, which I've had clients or collectors who's had fires in their homes and they lost their artwork and they're right. calling me to get assessments for the value. Well, they would have a blockchain ledger that would show this is what I paid for it when I paid for it. And this is what the value was. Yeah. And, and, and that would be for insurance purposes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And not only that, you know, uh, certificates of authenticity can be uh, faked, you know, it's like paper. Yeah. They can be, you can do it. You can forge them. And so if it's, if I, it's on the, if it's on the blockchain, you know, you can't, it's, you can't fake it. If you have created this thing on the blockchain, it's, 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 that's what it, that's it. Yeah, There's it's, no it's, way of screwing with it. It's like cast in bronze and then, you know, etched in granite. <laughs> it's like, right. It's, yeah, it's, it's hard to corrupt and, and fake and, and uh, yeah, and it's transparent. Anybody can see it. So, mm -hmm. you know, it makes it hard to pull scams over on people. You can definitely see transactions that have happened and how they happen. And, but the, the thing that happened for me when I minted these first three NFTs that I didn't quite get was that I finally understood what it is that you're selling. And it's it because the question is like, well, why would I buy a JPEG, you know, so I can just download it off your website and show it on my phone. And it's not that you're buying it. It's like buying a JPEG. You're, you're buying the proof that you bought it from the creator. Right. So, so and the, the, that the creator said this is officially the one jpeg or whatever this is the well, one you're, you're, i'm registering you're on buying the blockchain it. so if i put out a, a put a jpeg of my art on sales and nft you're buying a piece of art from me which right. you could yeah i guess you could so like just like when you buy a, a, a canvas print sure you could probably download the image off the internet print it on canvas yourself and then still have a canvas print of it, but it doesn't have my signature on it and right. my certification on it. And so what you're buying when you're buying an NFT is you're buying something that is certified from the creator. So it's like a, sig it's like a signature. It's like a digital yeah, signature. But you couldn't do that until blockchain technology. With digital art, you couldn't really do that because it could just be copied and duplicated and, and anybody could say that they had the right. original. And there was no way to prove who had the one that was from the, from the creator of it. Right. Like the one that was in the ledger. Yeah. So this is the one that's in the ledger. Could somebody else download one of my images and make an NFT of it? Yeah, technically they could, but then they would be producing it and you would be buying it from Joe Blow down the street and not from you, the artist. You right, know? right. So it shows provenance in the sense like you can see in the blockchain after it sells or resells, you can see where it originated. It originated with right. Chazar then it sold to whoever and then it sold to whoever and you can see what it sold for. You can see the the chain of uh, transactions and, 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 and that's what you're buying into. You're not just buying uh, a JPEG like you can find on a yeah, Google. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're, bu you're buying, you're buying into that ledger. That's um, that accounts for how original, who it originated from. Right. So yeah, that, 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 also it's a good, good time to mention as well since all a lot of this stuff on, on foundation a lot of most nfts i think are being minted on the ethereum network ethereum is close to being staked which will i think uh make it 97 percent it'll get rid of 97 percent of the uh it'll, environmental it'll, issues or whatever yeah it'll resolve a lot of the energy complaints that people have excuse me wow shit <laughs> breakfast burrito <laughs> nasty <laughs> <laughs> I, I can almost smell it. 
<laughs> That's coming oh, next to the blockchain. You can <laughs> register smells. <laughs> but so, so all this stuff is really new. And, you know, like we're here talking about it and, and I, I'm talking about it with the limits of my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I feel like I know just barely enough to be able to talk coherently yeah. to, to people about it, but it's really, it's, so that's the obstacle that we're overcoming is like, there's all this new technology, but most people don't even have any idea. And, and there's, it seems to be a lot of pushback against new things and technology when it comes out Yeah, or anything that is threatening the old system. And I, I can really give an example in the art business, like of when I was in college, like in other artists, like they were just poo-pooing on the idea of doing prints. Like, oh, that's, uh, you know, you're not making prints. That's just a inkjet print and it's right. not a real print. It's a reprint. It's like all this terminology. You can't call that a print. You didn't press it from a plate. Like, right. you know, and then the idea is like, oh, you should only sell originals. Otherwise you're just a sellout. And it's like, there's always this sort of like disappointed crowd in you, you know, yeah. that you're not... <laughs> And, and so the, the, anytime there's a new technology coming out, like when electric guitars came out, right. You know, musicians were, you know, shamed for moving from, from, from uh, the traditional guitars and music, music, yeah. music to digital music and all that, all that, that inspired, but look at what has grown, like it, how, how much it's blossomed into other things. And so, yeah, so there's the pressure of, people are going to give you a bunch of shit for doing something they think is immoral or wrong or for whatever reason it might be, even if they're mm -hmm. legitimate concerns about it. And then there's the other pressure of there's this new thing that people are asking you about, like, why don't you have a website yet? It's like, Oh, I'm a purist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe in the internet. You know, like, uh, you're just going to have to come and find me down here. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> you could have to drive to Venice and find me. Cause I refuse to so, sell out and have a website. So there's always <laughs> the sort of trying to figure out like, is this something that is important? Is it something that would be important for me to be a part of? Um, and then is, you know, like, is uh, there a way for me to do this? Like, and, and trying to get over this, lack of knowledge and understanding like it seems like this whole last couple of years it just every time i turn around i'm learning something completely mm -hmm. new from the ground up and i run into the frustration that i can't just jump to the jump to the end product like, right yeah even, yeah, even with 3d modeling it's like oh you know i'm a creative i'm an artist and it's like nope you got to learn how to do uh yeah <laughs> you know mesh manipulation and what vertices are and how you have to be efficient using UV them otherwise your computer is going to crash you don't even know what the constraints are. And so you right. run into all kinds of problems. So, so I find myself starting at ground zero, learning new things over and over. And that gets taxing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, especially 3d work, 3d modeling and animation, especially is really, there's not an easy way to do it. It's so involved because you have, you have control of like every aspect of this thing. I even like texturing, even when you get into texturing, I remember, when I was learning it in the late nineties, I started learning Lightwave, and it's like, it, it actually taught me a lot about painting because there was specularity 
it's like I didn't never heard really what specularity was before. Yeah. And then there's diffuse diffuse light and there's all these different characteristics of occlusion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And subsurface scattering and bump maps and yeah. Yeah. it's like bump and displace. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bump map versus displacement. UV mapping map. and all UV yeah. mapping. And it's like I remember when I was I remember after I did my um disturb the normal animation DVD after all those tool animations, it was like I never wanted to do 3D again because it was like, you know, I was taking everything I learned and I was making a project, which is ultimately like less than 15 minutes of animation, just looping on this. Yeah. And it was just like, I remember every day I would just be like, ah, <laughs> it took so much out of me. It was so like thought intensive. It was yeah. so like my brain had to, uh, had to just be constantly thinking which is so different than painting you know because it's, 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 i guess when you're learning painting it's that way because you're well, really you, using you your brain and stuff the, and i think back to the beginning like when i you know so i was drawing and painting and growing up but i'll start like when i started at art school the first things they have you do is drawing and painting primitive shapes mm -hmm. they have like a little model and you paint from life and you start with earth tones and you're like, yeah, I'm past all. like you want to jump to like the, the, right. the fancy portraiture. But I, so I, this is the way I've kind of relieved my anxiety about not knowing what I'm doing is I look back to all the where I started, even with drawing and painting and how where I'm at now is built on that foundation of all those mm -hmm. skills that I've learned how to learning anatomy, learning all how the things work, how to dry, like how to use a pen, like how to hold a paintbrush the right, you know, like ways right. that, how to become a, like, and then in 20 years of practice to get to a level where, oh yeah, I'm kind of right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah. It, it's a, a, you know, a good feeling to find, it's a good feeling to have like 15 or 20 years of experience yeah. under your belt where you can go, you just know you can do it, you know, cause I know the first few years, it was always first, you know, at least the first five years for me, at least where I was every painting, I didn't know if I could pull it off or not. Every painting was yeah. like, I hope I can, I hope I don't fuck this one up at this point, you know, no matter what happens, you could fix it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, cause you've done it so many times and that's, so that's a good feeling, but we're doing what stuff that we're doing, taking on now is like, we don't know we can fix it. You know, you're doing a 3d model that you may spend eight hours on. And because you didn't know something about it, it might you Dude, might I not spent, be able to you might might not be I able to make 20, it work I, I spent at least 20 or 30 hours this week either trying to rig a character that i downloaded and manipulated on off the off of a you know i bought it bought a model that was already like a human mesh mm -hmm. and then i you know i sculpted it and changed it a little bit and i tried to rig it and i've spent hours with that turning something into a gumby like, I, like every time I do it, but then I have to, I have to delete the whole rig and I have to redo it. But every time I do it, I get better at I know, I know. character. Like, Oh, this is, I found better ways to do it. I, I downloaded this iPad app you recommended nomad. Mm -hmm. And I created like just an outlaw character and he looks like a clay Gumby. And I spent hours on that. <laughs> and now, and, and I still, I get, it looks like a piece of a slick lumpy clay. Like I can't get it, you know? And Having the anatomical knowledge and the way things structure is definitely a big help, but there's a huge things I don't, not good at. I don't know how to make my, customize my brushes to make them work right. properly. And I'm learning how to use all these tools. And, and so every iteration is building on itself. 
and what I have to remind myself is that I, it's not going to happen all at once. You're going to no. have to do iteration over iteration. Yeah. And eventually, like even even when I start training in jujitsu, like you don't know anything, and you're just getting right. clowned by all kinds of people, and you're just, like it's frustrating, and you're getting murdered all the time. And I, you go two or three times a week for an hour at a time, and over the course of eight to ten years, you become a master of it. Yep. You know, I mean, not like the elite master, but you have a mastery of understanding and knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so I, you don't do these things all at once. They have to happen by building and building. Like, so every time you, every time I sit down to create something in a digital space, when I'm done, even as frustrated as I am, I'm better than when I started. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So, I, I'm, I'm going through this um, with, with YouTube right now, because I've got, I, I kind of came at this thing ass backwards in a way because i start you know youtube patreon is for was supposed to be for people that have big followings on youtube to give give them a way to support you you know because the the whole ad apocalypse that thing i don't even know what that was but it screwed what? up all their ad revenue on youtube all these youtubers oh. it, they changed their algorithm and all of a sudden people that were making good money on ad revenue got were getting like a penny overnight and so then you know that's what's yeah that's, that's the problem with some of these platforms is they i know something and they shaft you and there's right. nothing you can do about it because you don't have any ownership or stake you know you don't have any claim right right so anyway i ended up starting my patreon which is doing well oh, see this is these this is why i'm doing a, a podcast see hear that yeah i heard that it's, it's a garbage truck outside my window <laughs> that's perfect timing this is why i'm doing the test because these little things like this this is why i'm doing this video in here because you can never you know you can't think of everything um so that's going to be annoying i don't hear it that much like i heard a it sound like a reverb or in your microphone oh, okay that's good maybe it's maybe it's not picking it up as loud you as you can I set am. your sounds to like gate things that are like that right that background noise too. yeah so I've what you're doing right now. I've learned a lot of stuff trying because I was trying to do live streaming on YouTube and Facebook, and yeah. So right. I had to upgrade my computer, my my camera. I had to get this microphone. And I had to figure out how to keep the background noise from coming through the microphone in a yeah. live stream. Mm-hmm. You know, that's hours what, of watching YouTube. Videos that's yeah. That's where that's where I'm at right now because it's like I started the Patreon, and I used YouTube to host my videos for pay patrons so i'm not really so i'm like you know i'll post these really cool time-lapse videos and they have like 10 views on them because it's just you know it's just a few people at patreon that see them so uh so what i'm gonna do is well first off let me say someone so, someone told me a while back you have to have like a million followers to make any money on youtube with ads or whatever and it barely pays anything. You have to have a ton. And then I talked to a friend of uh, Lisa and mine who is a YouTuber. And she was showing me like how much money you can make having like, I think she had 25,000 people and she, you know, she'd make 12 grand one month from ads and, and stuff and donations from live streams. It was a lot of money. And I was like, oh, because it's like I have to. The thing is, I have to everything I do. It's part of this kind of game I'm playing. It's like I'm trying to get more successful with my career, but I always have to whatever I do. I can't afford to just have a hobby 
that doesn't earn money because I can't afford it because it's expensive, you know, it's expensive, especially in California. It's expensive. There goes the garbage truck. Um, picking up the recyclables this time, I guess. Um, so, so, so that, that's, that's, that this ends up being the game I'm playing the game in life is how can I earn money and do cool projects that I would want to do anyway. And so anyway, I saw this, um, the potential of making money on YouTube through videos. And I was thinking, okay, I've got like 150 of them already. And a lot of them are from three years ago that were just for my patrons. So it's like, I could start releasing those slowly and have basically people on my Patreon are getting things a year in advance or six months in advance, whatever, however I figure it out. And if I, if I play the, the, the YouTube <coughs> algorithm, right, which is, I think from what this friend said, you know, do one live stream a week where you interact with people and then do like two video releases You'll, it'll it'll kick you into gear in the algorithm and then you'll start getting more people to your channel because I've been just like not growing at all on there. So yeah. that's kind of what I'm doing that I'm watching all these videos. I just bought this ring light up here. I start thinking about, you know, putting the dark art society. I got a channel for that. So I'm going to start releasing those as videos because another thing I want to get, you know, I, I want more people to hear it because I think it's a great podcast. And so I'm doing that video on that. <laughs> And then I'm watching all these YouTube videos and it's like, there's so much more to it. I'm just like, fuck. It's like, I can't just make cool videos and fun, interesting videos. It's like, you have to name them correctly. You have to post them at a certain time. You have to make a thumbnail that grabs people attention. But, you know, yeah. I refuse to make the, the thumbnail that, oh, <laughs> you just screenshot that and use that as your video screen pick for this one. <laughs> totally big, thick white outline outside of me. Just do this, and then like <laughs> white can come out of your fingertips. <laughs> so it's like I have to find a way to work around that because I refuse to do that. There's no fucking way I'm going to do the stupid face. I don't care. I'm going to figure well, a way that's around. What it. it comes back to what I was saying. It's like <laughs> you don't have to. Like you can create a nice look, like a nice looking image for your thumbnails. Yeah, that's simple, you know, that has your logo on it. And the people who are going to want to check out what you're doing are already interested in what you're doing. Yeah, it's just getting them getting them there. You know? Yeah, so I, I, I use um, the main social media platforms to put out in, you know, like the, 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 the best of content that I have just as a way of, you know, like it's the display that people are walking by and the ones that are really that, that you grab their attention they're going to interact and maybe they're going to poke around and maybe they're going to click on a link. Most of them aren't. They're just scrolling by. Right. So I'm, I'm not going to waste a bunch of my time and energy trying to get the scrollers to just scroll and click and bounce. Yeah. Out. Yeah. We're not looking remember, at casual people. We're not looking for casual the, people. I was at the trade, this, uh, the art expo in New York in 2005, the one I bombed at miserably. <laughs> and the, the one that almost there was, bankrupted there, you. Yeah. They were, they did bankrupt me. I, I mean, I didn't file for bankruptcy. I, Anyway, but I had, I had like seven bucks after that and, and, and 10, $15,000 of credit card debt. <laughs> and yeah, that was a fun time. Anyways, like there was booths next to me and around me that were hustling and they would um, be trying to get people's business cards. They'd have this little fishbowl, put your business card in here and win a, win a, we'll do a drawing to win a pro. And they were just trying to, they're out there just trying to get people to put their business cards in. 
in order right. to win something. And whether they pull their name out and give somebody a prize, who knows? But it, it, what's the point? The person wasn't interested. They were interested. You want to you want to start calling people that gave you their card because they thought they could win a free prize, right? <laughs> you're you're hustling that like that didn't make any sense to me. Like, what you want is people who are willing to that they want to give you, they want to reach out to you, they want to connect. And you don't need everybody that walks by. Right. You're not, you know, it's like, it's like you're putting out a gill net trying to catch whatever you can rather than using a specialty lure and trying to use some sort of a talent or te technical ability to catch the fish you want to catch. Right. You know? Right. So yeah. I think, different. yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, part of that has to do with where we are in our careers. That's where we've, we're established um yeah. to some degree <laughs> i mean it just means we're on top of the slippery slope <laughs> <laughs> well i mean when, when I, you know for example when i was starting out i would approve every friend request i got on facebook just even yeah. if i just was and i was trying to i remember you know trying to get i was trying i was trying to build that audience build that audience and now it's like i maybe see one person i you know i maybe know I don't know. Let's see. You know, you get that 5,000 person limit on my personal page. I know I might know two or 300 people on there and the rest are like, I have no idea who these people are. I don't interact with them. Yeah. So it's, so I don't need to do that anymore. You, we don't need to throw the wide net at this point in our career. Since we've already kind of established this baseline collector base, we need to be more, uh, surgical and specific and well, I think find that the right idea applies to people. no matter what stage or level you're at is to is to narrow your focus on on uh people who are, are committed to being you know, the committed follower you're not you know right. like, for lack of a better word follower you know like somebody who yeah, is interested yeah. in what you're doing and and resonate you resonate with whatever you're creating is something that resonates with people like mm. you know where, where i look at in my career is like I'm trying to figure out like, what do I really want to do? Exactly. And I don't want to do all this hustle and hustle stuff. I, don't, I really don't. Same. What I, what, I, what I want to do is make cool stuff and can, and get it in front of people and connected to people who are like-minded that are interested mm -hmm. in it. Yeah. And, 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 and so like all these new ventures aren't necessarily me trying to keep up with everybody else. It's just, there's a whole new crowd of people that, that I, maybe I might work and connect with. And that it's, that's the fun part is right. getting, getting the artwork out in the world and, and distributing it. And so the money isn't, is the most important thing. I'm not trying to like chase down the money, but the way that you filter out people. So you got, you think of you're creating artwork and, you, and your job is to distribute it, to get it mm -hmm. out. So how do you decide who gets what? Well, you don't want, the, re the reason that you don't want to just give it away to everybody, anybody who asks is because some people are like casually like, Oh yeah, I want that. You, you say, say you gave it away for free. Right. They take it, they put it in the back of their car and it stays under the, you know, it falls under their seat and it stays there for forever until they go to the car wash and then they just throw it out because it got trampled on. <laughs> yeah, right? right. So that's what happens. That's, you know, you give it away for free. That's, that's a lot of what happens. People just will take free stuff because it's cool and don't care about it. Right. If you put some sort of like, little bar of admission like even if it's ten dollars the person who is just going to take a free thing is like ah, i don't want it for ten dollars but the person who wants it for ten dollars is right. more likely to take it and put it on, like with a magnet on their fridge or something you know mm -hmm. 
and people will see it and it becomes a part of their life. And that's cool. Like, you know, yeah. that's, why, that's why you're out there trying to, you know, like when I was out hustling in the street, I was trying to, of course I was trying to pay my bills, but now I'm looking at it as like, I would, I, you know, as far as the, being established or whatever, is like you, you want to cultivate an audience, you know, like, you know, you don't have to go and try to sell out Dodger stadium. All you have to do is sell out the little club that you have right. and have a fun show. Mm-hmm. You know? And so my, my, I think what I'm looking to do is, is to be more efficient where I spend my energy, have more fun. Uh, the money is, of course, everybody wants to make more money, but mainly on that side of it, I, I've really been focusing on like managing the money that I make a lot better, mm-hmm. uh, not spending it on stupid things, uh, putting it back into like, I've, one thing I've done, I think fairly well throughout my career is putting money I made back into my art. Oh yeah. That's where most investing of it goes. In computer, <laughs> investing in equipment and tools and studio spaces and booth spaces. Like I've always vehicles to transport my artwork. I've spent a lot of money putting it back into my, mm-hmm. into what I'm doing. So that's how you build your operation. Not yep. necessarily by continually having to make more money, but, but by taking the money that you're making and managing it, to, to focusing yeah. it so that it brings like, in more money you, you buy things that help generate more revenue right you know so that might be a bigger printer to make bigger prints or a faster printer to make more prints quickly or hiring somebody to help you do administrative stuff and i and i think that's what the problem we run into with a lot of the social media stuff is that we, what we would really need is um a team that we could but the, the hard part is being able to afford to pay people to do something that isn't their own project. So right. when you have people working for you on social media, which I've hired companies, I've hired individuals to help me eventually they they don't own what you're doing. So they don't really give a shit. Right. And so, so you're either going to pay a premium for that, which if they're not getting, giving too much of a shit, isn't going to be that effective. If they're not really in tune to what you're doing they're it, it's, the, the, the creating and, and representing and distributing of your artwork is such a personal thing. Well, yeah, especially like, now with social media, it's all about connecting directly to the person. Yeah. Know? And that's what they're looking for. They're yeah. looking for a direct connection with the artist, you know? And so there's to that point, you know, you can't just make it so anybody and everybody has your phone number. You never get done right. answering a bunch of questions. So, inadvertently I've set up a way of creating a filter for that too, by basically not having a way to buy my artwork <laughs> directly off my website. <laughs> <laughs> so people have to, people who really want to buy something or collect my work have to do a little bit of work to find me or find a place where mm-hmm. they can buy it, you know? And, but I do respond to messages. I, you know, but I, I don't need 500 messages of just rando questions that right. you know could be answered with a little bit of searching on their own part, right? And I, I, I don't hope I don't come across as like sort what of a jerk, a, a dick like that. But <laughs> but but uh, you know, I I there is a way to get hold of me, but right. I, it's it's uh just not on the front page of everything that I do, right? You know, like I don't need my phone number on the front of my Instagram profile, right? Yeah, you know, definitely. If I if I was like Hertz rent a car and I was trying to you know rent cars, of course you need a phone. Like, 
but uh, I, I can only make like one of the things I run into when I got into a bunch of galleries is there was a lot of pressure to make more, make faster. And if, and if they've seen it for more than two months, they don't want to buy it or sell it. And so you're constantly having to be under this pressure of production and it, right. it starts feeling like a job. And then you're not, you're just creating to, 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 you know, appease all this network that you're trying to support. And, you, and as one person, you can never create enough. It's like, there's only so much that you can fulfill. Right. Like you can't, that's have what makes it valuable. <laughs> you know, you can't have 500 galleries and 500 and they all get original paintings. Right. You know, I don't have 500 dollars, but you know, so I'm just exaggerating <laughs> for the make a point. Yeah. You only, I can only make so much artwork. And on top of that, I, I don't want to be burning myself out constantly. Like, you know, what you just did for one show, imagine doing that every month. Yeah. For a new gallery show. Like I was doing, I was I'd like be dead in a couple months, five or six new paintings for, for every show. And I was doing shows like every month or two. Wow. And it was just like nuts. You get burned out. When was out. this? When was this? It's over the last few years, like over the, since like 2012. Wow. And yeah, when I was doing crazy. festivals, I would do new paintings between the seasons of shows, which would be the spring and the fall. So I would do a bunch of, sh a bunch of paintings between, you know, over between Thanksgiving and, and like February. And then I would be going to shows all through the spring. And then when I ran out of originals, I ran out of originals. And then I would make more in the summer for the fall shows. Yeah. That's how I would approach it. So what I'm doing now is I'm making less paintings, but I'm really focusing on more pre-production and making sure that the paintings that I do are ones that I really want to do. Mm -hmm. and I'm not just trying to like, you know, crank out a, product. Well, it's like, you're not just cranking out product to, for a show, but you feel like, if you're not making something, you're, you're, you're falling behind. There's a, you get into an internal pressure of like, I've got to keep doing this. I got to keep, you know, otherwise, mm -hmm. I got, you know, I got to put something new on Instagram. I got to put something new on Facebook. And once I just took that pressure off myself, so I don't have to do all that. Mm -hmm. I'll put something up there when there's something interesting to put up there. Right. And meantime, I'm going to spend 30 or 40 hours learning a new, new tool so that I can use that and implementation for a bigger painting like this painting behind me, I've been working on for months. I haven't touched it for a while, but it, it's, I started it probably a year ago. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and, and I get to a point where like, I don't know what to do with it. And I've, I've done other paintings in between and simultaneously. Mm -hmm. um, but there's some, and this painting is probably not one that's going to sell. It's not like a really, it's, it's more of a personal piece. It's not mm -hmm. really something that, you know, it's kind of dark and, and it's probably for my audience. It's not really a good fit, but <laughs> it's good for I the dark art society shit. audience. Yeah, I don't really give a shit. I like the painting and it means something to me and I'll keep it. Right. You know, and and uh, so then there will be paintings that I do that for whatever reason are just people like and then I'll sell those. And 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 uh, so I've I guess the short of it is I've just taken the pressure off of having to create for this secret of create for this, for the, for the <laughs> having to create for the just sake of creating. Right. Okay. Yeah. Which is like, it's funny because that's why we got into this in the first place was, you know, cause it's the funnest thing to do, you know, is, is, is create for fun. And that's the trick is like when you turn art into a business, you have to have fun on purpose. <laughs> you have to be spontaneous on a schedule you know mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah that's the you know that's the uh the uh the tricky part is um once you turn it in, into a business it's easy for it to not become fun you know it's easy to fall into that trap so it's 
a constant balancing act of, you know, I want these paintings to be inspired. I want it to be fun. I want to don't want to forget why I got to this place, you know? Um, so, so it's like, you have to balance sales and money and business practices with keeping it fresh and keeping it fun and doing well, not do forgetting that, why you got there in the first place, you know, why you decided to do it in the first place. So, yeah. So to do that, I have to really, um, sorry, my girlfriend's just messaging me over and over here and I'm dinging on my, I turned the messages off and now they're like, sorry, you must, anyway, I, I love her. She's great. She's great. And nobody messages me all day. I get on a, I get on a call and all of a sudden I was like, hey, we got to talk. <laughs> uh, anyway, where was I, where was I going? I don't know. Keeping it fun. Yeah. So I have to dial back the idea of the business. <laughs> That's all right. You can text her. <laughs> I'll deal with this later. <laughs> it's, it's not... <laughs> she must be on her lunch break. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, the, 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 what I had to do is to, is to, when I'm, is take the idea of, I got to make money and sell something out of the equation when it comes mm -hmm. to making artwork. I have to accept the fact that I'm going to make paintings that I, that some of them that I really love that nobody's going to buy. Right. Or they're not going to sell right away. They're not going to find, find the right audience. They, they often, those paintings do eventually. And sometimes they surprise you and they, mm -hmm. they, they sell right off. You never know. So that's the thing. Yeah. Like, the, the whole the whole point of making the art is like i want to make the art that i find really interesting yeah some of it's going to do really well and some of it is going to not do as well yeah and that's the risk that i take in in putting lots of energy and time into anything is that you know the amount of prices and sales that i do get also reflect all of the things that i do that don't generate any revenue like mm -hmm. All of the, the learning new stuff, all the all the practice, all the all the time that I spend trying to do something that doesn't turn into anything. Right. I make up for that by some paintings that sell sell for decent prices, but that didn't start out that way. Right. And you know, so I guess the point is, is like I make the, I, I want to make the art that I like that I want to make, and hopefully I can sell enough of it. <laughs> right. Well. Yeah. And another thing is that, you know, you couldn't have, you know, you couldn't have taken the time to learn a 3D program when you were selling on the boardwalk because you were hustling uh, constantly. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's cool that, and I, and I feel this too, at the point in, in my career as well, it's like, we, we are at a point where we can take time to do some of these other things because we've we've gotten enough money coming in to afford us that you know and it's like yeah. and but it's you know of course it's it's uh it's it's what's going to keep the business going or keep the art going keep the whole thing moving forward so we're yeah you know it's not like we're taking time out and partying it's like we're taking taking time away from painting to learn things that are going to hopefully keep the money rolling in so that we can keep painting. Cause that's the bottom well, those, line. Those other me. things influence the painting. Like, you know, right. like it's, I created a digital model for this painting behind me of trains and, and, and it doesn't look anything like my digital model, but it gave me a way to, to right. visualize and leadboard onto it. And then I use, 
you know, I'll take a photo of the painting and then I'll go into procreate and, and do touch, you know, try to plan out my next step on the painting without wasting a bunch of time staring at the painting, trying to figure out in my head mm -hmm. or working on the painting and screwing something up that was working. Right. So I'm, I'm starting to, oh, yeah. to incorporate it's, all these new tools into what I'm doing. It's so great. I mean, when I, when I first started painting, that was kind of my goal is like, I'm going to, I'm going to do 3d scenes for my reference and paint them. And then I just didn't have time to do that because I had to just hustle so much. And, you know, I'm at a point now where I can kind of start doing stuff like that and um, learning new technologies and, and, you know, video editing and doing all the stuff that's going to lead to, you know, keeping, keeping the, uh, keeping the ball rolling forward. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to bring up too about uh, back to NFTs a little bit, and I mentioned this, I think when we were talking before, or we were talking with Josh or something, but, um, that, that, that Kevin O'Leary guy, that bald, rich guy on oh, shark, shark tank, shark tank guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> he, some, some interview, he was saying that the future of future jobs will be engineering. The top three jobs will be engineering, engineering, engineering. And then the next, the next top job will be artist, which is, you know, not that he's the be all end all of everything, but to hear that kind of tripped me out, you know, cause yeah. it's, it's like, it makes sense. Cause it's like engineering for this new blockchain technology and all these protocols and, and these different layers that are going to be functioning and everything being on the blockchain. And, but then you're going to need artists. That's the one thing that, you know, you can't really do. That's the one thing missing from the equation. You need creators. You need stuff to put on the blockchain. You need stuff that's worth putting on the blockchain. You know, it's like, and, and so that's, that's one of the reasons I'm so intrigued with NFTs is that um, not just JPEGs, but the whole thing we've been talking about, the whole potential for that space is uh it you know imagine a world like that would be i'm not saying it's like a, a utopia but for artists that would be kind of amazing there's yeah there's, there's a whole new world that i think is going to benefit artists quite a bit on blockchain yeah it, it appears that way we shall see yeah yeah <laughs> who knows what's gonna happen We're you know, as of... i look on there i look at some of these <laughs> forums and these places that are doing nfts and it's just garbage after garbage after garbage. garbage yeah but but i think there's you know it's easy for to be judgmental about that there's a whole community that maybe there's something i don't get yeah maybe it being garbage is the point could could be could be could be an in joke between a, a group of people on a discord server I, that would, yeah i kind of feel like the like an like grandpa wading into the thing and like <laughs> Yeah. Like I'm chasing after a train with my luggage, you know, it's running away. Like, let me out. I'm, I'm here. Like, no, sorry, old man. You need a you need an electric scooter to catch up to this train. Like what electric, what? You know, what bugs me. One thing that really bothers me about the You're whole. I still have AOL online, like a dial up connection. I'm trying to like. <laughs> well, but one thing that bothers me uh, about the, the whole blockchain crypto space is it's kind of dominated by libertarians and people on the right and that is like bums me out because i'm not like that really and it's like not, not to say that it, it blockchains for everybody you know it shouldn't yeah. be to one political uh political side 
but but it just feels like there's a whole bunch of people that are kind of missing out on it partially because of that because so many people on the right are so into it it turns it automatically turns people that might be you know decent liberal types that are just like why would i want to be part of a space with a bunch of you know right wingers yeah. and trump supporters and uh and and in, and in turn you know, if this could be this huge boom for artists, it's like, you've got all these, all these artists missing out on this opportunity because of that. Yeah. Um, I don't get too worried about any of that. I, yeah. haven't, I haven't waited into it. I haven't seen a lot of that. I haven't. To be honest, Every time I see one of those excited from the invest answers, James on invest answers, like yeah. on that George crypto one and, and the, a couple others, it's just like, you know, Biden bashing and Trump 2024. It's just like, where's that? A, on youtube oh yeah comments it's like it doesn't it shouldn't be political it's not a political thing at all it's not yeah i didn't read any of those comments (laughs) (laughs) you're not watching the live chat then (laughs) i no it's too much garbage i just listen to what the guy's saying and i don't see him talking about all that stuff yeah that's true that's true that's and when you know i just was perusing the uh nft listings on foundation today I didn't see anything political that jumped out at me. Yeah, like, that's true. That's you're it's right. just a bunch of weird, you know, animated yeah. digital stuff. And, and it, what it seems to me is like people are just creating almost just any rando thing they can create. I saw like this digital mesh thing that was missing faces and it was on a rotating thing with a flashing screen behind it. Like it was just a, like somebody, you know, like they farted onto a napkin and they di- uploaded it to, right to the thing and then it's like it's for sale for two thousand dollars and it's got three bids right <laughs> and this person's got 300 followers and, and like what and i feel that's what it makes me feel like am i the old person just doesn't get it yeah 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 i know that well that, that and, this is am i taking the wrong track by trying to put up like something that i created and i think is cool and it works in the world that i operate in should i just be screenshotting people's stupid comments and making an nft out of it you know right. <laughs> should i just be like taking a random picture of my feet on the floor like here you go right yeah, bucks, yeah. please yeah i i mean this this kind of goes back to uh i guess what i was sort of thinking would be the that the topic or what we could name this podcast episode but it's like getting out of your comfort zone this is a way of us getting out of our comfort zone yeah, not that this, we're doing it for that reason but we're not letting is, that stop us from from growing yeah you know? this whole thing is stressing me out <laughs> right yeah that's because that's why <laughs> you were saying that yeah after minty was like why it. am i is like i'm completely stressed because i like i anticipate getting a bunch of shit from people because of what they've heard about the energy consumption environmental issues right. which i understand and i'm aware of and I guess I that believe, might be part of why well, it, I, I believe I believe that it's going in the right direction and that's going to change. Um, although I, I need to be in the mix to understand what it really is to see if it it could go that way or just I can't stand on the sidelines and and know what it's like to be in. The, you have to be in the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, man, I, I've I've suffered from. Uh, all my life, I kind of feel like I've suffered from being either too late to the party or too early to the party, mostly too late to the party. I've always showed up when everything was wrapping up and they were ushering everybody <laughs> out the door. It's every time I showed up to somewhere, 
it's know? like yeah it's like it's like with you know with with my band was like that it was i like, guess we're fomoing into it <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> but i i i had held off all year on dipping my toes in this because i wanted to learn more about it and see and, same and, here same and here. i feel pretty comfortable that a this is where the future is going right b the concerns that people have are real but i think they're going to be alleviated by the way the technology is developing it's, uh, and it's be, being alleviated as well it's like yeah. they are they are working on it um um but see i can only really know so much from looking outside in i have to get in to be able to see right, right where where this is going for myself and if i get into it and it turns into this is crazy it really is a horrible idea i don't have to keep propagating into it i can just like all right that i learned my lesson here right there, there's been yeah. things I've, I've spent lots of time and energy and money on and and turned out to be a big dud yeah you don't same know, here man you don't know that until you make i know effort at it you don't yeah, know yeah, what's yeah, not yeah. working until you really try yeah. to do something yeah you got to take a you got to take a, a, some chances i definitely have i've yeah exactly but i i uh, it it really does bother me the the shaming that goes on with nfts from people online it's like even if it's like that just pisses me off it makes me want to do it even more you know just in spite of them because it pisses me off that that the the hubris and the and the total well, yeah people are internet me. keyboard warriors so it's like <laughs> it bothers me it's like it's one thing to have a discussion you know oh you know that's cool that you're doing that i have issues with this blah blah whatever yeah well but it's I like posted a, I posted oh so you like to destroy the world huh <laughs> let's see if i have any negative comments yet <laughs> yeah <laughs> about your nft yeah i did post it on facebook and there's been no comments one share and a few reactions that's the weird things like you will stress yourself out about i know what other people think you know you tell yourself who cares what everybody else thinks but i know it's, but it's part of being a secretly, person yeah secretly you, down inside it's still bugs you don't you want to happens. disappoint people who are uh supporting you whether it's just a moral support or not and you don't want people and you don't want people to think you're a horrible person who's destroying the environment because yeah and, and it's like that's just like it's not a fair characterization or, or of, you have to accept uh, the either. fact that you're a horrible person destroying the environment and just move on <laughs> like yeah so well, i get back to like you know, is, is my, you know, I'm concerned about what other people think because I'm having my own moral, moral, um, you know, sort of turmoil over this. Like, am I really, then you start trying to like, well, I'm also eating beef. I'm also driving a car. Yeah. I'm, but I'm, then, I'm, yeah, but then yeah. First, a first world society is ultimately just bad for the environment. Exactly. And in, that's, in total. and that that's kind of, you know, but that's uh, a way of excusing yourself out of not having to, to, to draw can, a line somewhere. So it that, can be, but it's also like, you know, you made the point, like you don't have any kids. So it's like, you've, you know, the is the yeah, person I'm yelling at you. Any, I'm not adding any extra feet to the footprint. So. Is the person, <laughs> as the person giving you shit, do they have a kid? You know, do they drive a lot? It's like, I never drive. But those I are... haven't eaten meat in 30 years. So it's like everybody's got and, and nobody's unplugging their shit at night. Nobody's unplugging their stuff when they don't use it, which is uh, the source of. Um, but these are all rationalizations that I we know... use when we want to trick ourselves. Yeah, into thinking right, okay right. But, but it's do. but it's the truth, though. Yeah. You know, it is the truth. 
So it's like, you know, I get it too. Cause I'm, I'm, I, I you know, I don't want to do anything bad for the environment either, but it's like this podcast is doing something bad for the environment. Uh, I mean, right I have, now, you know? I've done it's so like, many things that are way worse that people will be disappointed in that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't continue to do those things. So. <laughs> Yeah, and, so, and so I, it's it's you got to look, you know, you got to look, you got to do what's you talk, you got to do what you're okay with, and you shouldn't not do it because a bunch of people are giving you shit online. If it, if you're truly yeah. okay with it, whether you've rationalized it or made peace with it or whatever, you know. Well, I yeah, well, so like I said, I've taken the time to try to learn as much as I can, and I feel like I've reached a certain la- level. Like I can't really learn anymore about something with, without trying to do it. Like. Like I went to go back to my jujitsu uh, analogy. Like I can watch all the videos and techniques on I want all from the top level black belts and experts in the world. I can watch hours and hours of video mm-hmm. and tutorials, but it doesn't mean shit until I go into a gym and spar with somebody and try to use it. Right. I can that knowledge isn't knowledge until it's applied to something until right. you actually use it. And so that's where I feel like I'm at. like, all right, I've watched all the tutorials, all the videos, all the back and forth and and there's arguments on both sides and it's confusing and there's no real hard answer on right this. so the way to really f- learn about this is to jump in the game and 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 try to try to apply your understanding and knowledge right and that's the only way to do it yeah unfortunately and when you do it in jiu-jitsu you risk getting your arm broke or getting choked out or getting hurt right that's why i don't and, do it and or hurting somebody else <laughs> you know you risk you know there's always this risk involved of danger and so the risk of the nfts is that yeah it is perpetuating a thing that could be harming the environment but it could also be perpetuating something that could benefit people on a global scale that don't right. have access to banking and all these other that's things. that's the like, other thing there's like, like a creating huge... an actual use for this this technology right it helps develop the technology in a more sustainable and efficient way yeah there's a huge component that we didn't even talk about i mean we, we need to wrap the video up because i don't want to keep you on all day but there's this huge component we didn't even talk about about how it's helping to bank poor people i mean talk about something that doing something that would seriously make the uh, a huge difference in people's lives in third world countries in all of africa it's like being people can't even have uh, money in banks they can't get any money because it's so corrupt in these third world countries and it's like the currencies are collapsing and okay yeah that's okay yeah yeah it's it's such a huge thing i'm not really qualified to talk about any of that i can only say from what i can see for the way it can be beneficial to artists i can see how it can be useful in, in business transactions and, and transparency and authenticating what you're doing. And there's all kinds of real practical, real world uses yep. outside of just speculating on shitty JPEG animations. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it's, I'm, so I'm, it's like, it's kind of like naysaying the internet when it first started because of the dark web or child well, I remember, potential like, Remember child I, st- stuff on there you know it's yeah. like there's a lot of bad that will come with blockchain yeah potential bad for sure but it's it's not because it's a bad technology it's because it's so huge it's yeah. a huge disruptive technology that's going to bring thinking, really great and really equally yeah, probably well, bad you know when it was started people started buying stuff online or stores i was like who's going to want to go buy stuff at the you know like online yeah. like like when i buy a pair of pants i want to try them on or a pair right of but now look at it like you can just sit in like all the gear I have, I ordered online. I just showed up at my door. I didn't have to go to the store and look and talk to somebody like 
you know, there's a lot of, there's a, it's, yeah, it's so complicated. You can't distill it into a, into a, a just a, a one side. Yeah. Thing. It's, it's huge. It's good or bad it's, for, it's yeah, it, it's, I would, I would just urge everybody to learn as much about it if they're interested. I just think that it's something that everybody should learn about because it's going to be part of everybody, everybody's lives in the future. I really think that. Yeah, I think it it's headed that way. It seems to be. Yep. It's such um, a it's a, it's such a superior technology in so if, many ways. If we don't get be, you know swallowed up by a volcano or an earthquake right. or all the you ocean know, seas, we're all gonna die. So <laughs> yeah. I think Eventually. that's what that, that's I think a lot of it's coming from, you know, climate justified climate anxiety because it's insane what's going on in the world. It's and it's like no one will deal with it. No one who could, you know, that needs to deal with it will deal with it. They're just like, well, that's because we keep thinking someone else is going to deal with it and that someone else doesn't exist. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> governments are supposed to be dealing with it and large corporations we, are supposed to be the dealing problem with the it. governments is that we're is that's being is the governments are being corrupted by self-serving right. tools and. And there's, yeah, there's things beyond our control. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know what's going to happen with all this stuff. And neither. But I'm, I finally decided it's, well, it's worth putting it out there and seeing. Yeah, giving it a shot. Even if you end, only end up doing these three NFTs, it's not going to kill. And if it blows up in my anybody. face, it blows up in my face. I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what happens. I don't think any reasonable person is going to hate you for it there's no such thing as a reasonable person (laughs) (laughs) okay that's that's a perfect place to end (laughs) perfect ending all right well thanks gabe for coming on it was talking to you as always uh you know everybody if you're watching the patreon people if you're watching this video let me know I like the new background and if this is worth doing and if the garbage truck was too loud and uh, uh, yeah. So uh, thanks. I think com- this is going to be an awesome little format for you. It's going to be cool to have somebody you can watch and listen because you can still listen to this just fine. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I'm still doing an audio only. Podcast. You know, it'd be cool is to do a, do a podcast where you're actually working on a painting while you're talking to another artist and you're just talking, both of you are talking, working on stuff. That's yeah. That's what I was. I was saying that we should start a, a show where it's I have like the we're same both- setup I use for my live streams. I could just be sitting here dinging on a painting. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was, I, I was saying. We should do a show where we're both just working on paintings and bullshitting like we normally do, yeah. except instead of through text, we'll just be doing it on video. Yeah, we just live stream it and that's it. Yeah, and, yeah. So that's, that's the getting to the efficient way of not having to do all these right <laughs> live streams are always simple. Yeah. All I had to do after after the fact is upload a like a little uh thumbnail clip. Yeah, yeah. And you know, edit my description for things that I talked about, and that uh, was it. Yeah, yeah. I see this this uh music reaction video from this couple that you know they have these nice little videos, short videos where they're reacting to songs. And what they do is they do a live stream with their audience and the audience like tells them which songs to, to react to. And they do. And I think they pull the live thing down when it's done and they just chop out the parts where they're talking to the audience. And then they have these finished videos that look great. Yeah. So, so I, I record all of my live streams too. I could go back and right. chop it into like segments of where I'm talking about stuff. That's but, the, the, the other thing I want to do too is, is um, in this setting with in my studio, I want to start making, talking head youtube videos about art you know just where i'm like talking about 
five things you should never do or what, you know, as an artist or my art journey or blah, you know, there's a lot that's of, what I, that's how I did my live stream. I just started right. out by talking about, you know, basically getting my, you know, instead of like writing it down and trying to put it into a book, I just like, here, here's everything that I did and how I did it. Well, the course you know, of about five or six videos. You could, and, then and, then you, is, and you could transcribe it and turn it into a book too. If yeah. you wanted to, but because we know how well books sell, <laughs> don't say that. I'm almost, I'm almost ready to have released my book. I ordered like, an extra like all the room in my studio. I have stored it. Like I sold half the books that I did with my Kickstarter, but I still that leaves a lot of books sitting around in my I studio. Know, I know. <laughs> I still got a garage full of Black Magic books, but <laughs> oh god, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping dystopia takes off. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to keep you. So, let's say. Goodbye to the audience. And don't right. hang out there. Say goodbye, audience. Goodbye, audience. <laughs>